Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Don't make me take off my belt. Howdy, fellas. I heard y'all uh, I heard y'all did below the belt while I was gone. Yeah, That's it's cool. easily replaceable. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. I just figured you would have called it something different. No. If it's that replaceable. We wanted to use your name and your followers to rope them in. Oh. And then we'd keep them with the content. Wow, how very uh, pre-2019 NCAA of you to use my name, image, and oh, likeness without nice. any see what you without any sort of, of credit. Uh, no, we're going to talk a little bit about here. We've already discussed this morning Jerry Jones at the Combine and, and some of the chatter that's coming out there relating to the Cowboys. This will be more of an around the NFL uh below the belt and taking a look at some of the chatter that's going around the league there. So, uh, Choppy, I'll, I'll let you pick here. We got a couple different topics. Okay. We can go Lamar Jackson. We can go Aaron Rodgers. We can go Jalen Carter. Which direction would you like to go? Oh, let us go in reverse alphabetical order and go with Aaron Rodgers. A-A-Ron. So, I was, I was curious going around town trying to figure out, is it just us? Like, are we the only ones just beaten down by Aaron Rodgers? Is everybody else like, generally you get support for players from around the league whenever they're making decisions like this. Like, look, retirement's a difficult decision. Guys are, are you know, trying to figure things out. You can't blame guys for having trouble walking away. Uh, I remember a lot of people defended Favre privately because of that. Like, dude, it's really difficult to walk mm-hmm. away from the sport. Yeah, I get um, it. I, I get it. Also, how much of it is that he, that he doesn't want to have to share the spotlight with Brady in the Hall of Fame? On the uh, on the dais, dude. I mean, that is an entry. Like, that's genuinely. I, I would normally laugh at that for any other player, but Rogers. Like, I could absolutely see him saying, I, "I'm not going in with Brady. I, I don't want to do that." And so, <laughs> I I was curious after I saw Ian Rappaport told Pat McAfee last week, basically he's exhausted by it. He's like, "I'm I'm so tired of Aaron Rodgers," and that's unusual. Who for said that? Ian Rappaport. It's unusual for somebody to a, a national reporter to say something like that. Yeah. But he was just a little like, come on, dude, just make up your mind. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to ask around then. So meeting with people this weekend, talking about Aaron Rodgers, trying to figure out like, hey, what do you think about everything that's going on there? Nobody has a good idea of what's going to happen. Everybody is. And, and I think the reason nobody has a good idea of, ask, uh, of what's going to happen is because nobody has the energy to ask about it. They are all tired <laughs> of Aaron Rodgers across the league. Like the the Imagine what McCarthy dealt with with him. Oh yeah. Imagine. 
Yeah. Imagine it, what a pain in the ass. Yeah. LaFleur McCarthy, the GM. Yeah, it's it's got to be a massive pain. And so I had... It's why, it's why people like that, it sucks that they have such supreme talent. Otherwise, they, they, they need to get what they deserve in terms of being so annoying. But you get all the passes in the world because of your talent. He's about to get what he deserves. Kyrie, before he got here. <laughs> like He's perfect here. These guys, will they'll get it when they retire, is that they'll be irrelevant. Oh. <sighs> there, no, there is... So there is... I won't identify the player. I won't identify the media member. But I know there's one former prominent player who was very difficult during their playing days with the media. Really, really difficult. And in in retirement, Mm -hmm. wanted more attention for the Hall of Fame than they've been given and started trying to buddy up to voters and do like, hey, let's be... And those voters have essentially been like, no... You didn't. You didn't want to. You didn't want to play ball with us when we had a job to do back then. Now you want to leverage us? No, mm. not do it. And so this guy has had trouble getting any sort of traction on his case because the Hall of Fame voters are essentially just not willing to get to know him at this point. Because right. it, it, it's similar to uh, who was the guy who was very difficult in the Albert Bell. Yeah, Albert Bell was a guy who like he can't. He has trouble gaining traction because so many media members and Hall of Fame voters were like. That guy was a jerk. Which is stupid. It is. It is dumb. It's not supposed to. It shouldn't factor in whatsoever. He is. If you go look, he 100% should be in the Hall of Fame. Yes. If you go look at his like. This haunts Jeff Kent. Jeff Kent is is criminally haunted by this. I mean, Jeff Kent was a power hitting second baseman in an era where second baseman hit three home runs a year-ish. Like, he was tremendous. He absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but he can't even. I mean, he, he gets no traction. Albert Bell. Go look at Albert Bell. He look at his average. Go look at his average per year stats. They are two two ninety five. He slashed two ninety five, three sixty nine, five sixty four for his career. Yeah, that's a nine thirty three OPS. How many years did he play? Uh, he played twelve. Okay, but essentially ten. Yeah, so ten years. He averaged thirty eight home runs a year. Yeah, and one hundred and twenty RBIs a year. Wow, like how is that not in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. I mean, in his his prime, which was like ninety one to ninety eight, his hundred sixty. Let's not go down. Yeah. A anyway, Albert he's Bell's great. Yeah, sorry, I got, <laughs> I, 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 I got I got excited. So back to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron, it's it's funny because it wasn't just the sense I got from people was not just I'm tired of the story. I want a resolution. It was they all wanted a very specific resolution. Is they want him to go away <laughs> because it's just one of those things where it's like. We'll get a resolution this year, but then it's a question again next year, and we're tired of it. So, like, I think everybody just feels like not just, you know, blank or get off the pot. It's, no, just get off the pot. Like, leave. Leave. Like, we, we, we're we tired of dealing with it. We're tired of the drama it creates, not just in this organization, but other organizations around the league. The I had one person tell me, like, the, the drama it just created last year internally within the league, within teams, about... Was Rodgers going to retire or why could he get traded to the Raiders? Why does it create drama for the other teams? Why, why are they so annoyed because, by it? Because if they don't cer- have to cover it. Because, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about media. I'm talking about, like, the, the actual teams. Yeah, because I'm saying they, they don't have to cover it. What are they so butthurt over? Because a team like the Raiders, for instance, that would have potentially been interested in something. Or, or Denver. A they team like Denver that makes a hire on a head coach that then 
totally ruined because they were making the head coach hire partially because they thought Rodgers is leaving and we can acquire him. And so we want to pair these two. And then when it doesn't happen, you get Wilson and then people around the league get upset about the deal Wilson gets and how that impacts other quarters. So it just creates a domino effect that ultimately they point back and go, this is Rodgers' fault. Right. That he stirred all this up with his just non-committal nature. Devontae Adams getting traded partially was due to Rodgers. Not because he didn't like Aaron Rodgers. He did. But the issue was, I don't have certainty at quarterback here because Aaron can't make up his mind. I need to know what's happening. Now, it's funny because his certainty at quarterback became Derek Carr, who got benched before the end of the year. So, the league hates A-Rod. They're just tired of it. Note number one. Lamar Jackson. (laughs) By the way, franchise tag deadline is tomorrow at 3, our time. Tag, deadline, tomorrow. Other NFL notes coming out. Um, Allen Robinson, the Rams have given him permission to seek a trade. Vikings are releasing Eric Kendricks, first-team All-Pro back in 2019. He's now heading to free agency. couple of NFL notes, Lamar. Boy, if, jo- if George Edwards was still here, I bet they'd be interested in Kendricks. Uh, like they were Anthony Barr? Yeah, and, and Everson Griffin and J. Ron Curse and all the other Minnesota cast-offs that George Edwards brought here. Uh, so, Lamar Jackson, it's interesting. There's a, there's a report from... Uh, Sean's favorite reporter, Dan Graziano, uh, at ESPN. Yeah. and uh, He just threw out like nine different things yesterday. The Raiders are interested in every quarterback. I was getting ready to give him credit. The Raiders are interested in Garoppolo. And then I saw someone else. And then I saw a, a nice report. And the, throw, ev- throw everything against the wall. And, and uh, of course, the report from uh, Chop, who Choppy believes is the most prominent Fowler in sports media, Jeremy Fowler. Uh, so they had their, their notes from the combine. Totally. And Jeremy Fowler had said several people around the league believe the Baltimore Ravens have strongly considered using the non-exclusive franchise tag on quarterback Lamar Jackson, which would deepen the intrigue on his future in a major way. So talking to people about Lamar Jackson around the combine, there's a sense that... And non-exclusive would be what exactly? Non-exclusive would be a lower cap figure. I don't know what the number is. I think it's like 32 or something. Uh, It'd be a lower dollar amount. But it also it means teams can negotiate, and so if teams can negotiate, then Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, Ravens could be for business. They could be focused on: Do we want to match this contract, or do we want to let it go and get two first-round picks? So there's clearly just some uneasiness about Lamar Jackson, despite all the rhetoric and everything else that's come out of Baltimore. I heard from several people this week: Lamar Jackson already has a new deal if he just has an agent. Like, if he just is not, if him and his his mom are not the ones negotiating this, then this gets done. There, there was a, There's a lot of in over your skis with how they feel like. Does his mom represent anyone else? Is he just being cheap and doesn't want to pay the commission to, 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 an, to someone else? I, I, didn't get the, I didn't get the sense it was anything about cheapness as much as it was just a, a loyalty factor with his mom who's always kind of managed him. Um, but... The sense I got was, look, if he if he just had an agent, they would have ironed out these issues here that they have. You know, they would have been able to communicate to Lamar more accurately what the market is, what the league thinks, what's a you know reasonable expectation, what's not. It's it's been a it's been a tough negotiation from everything that you hear in terms of whenever Lamar sent whenever the Ravens send something over, there's immediate you know, recoiling from Lamar's side. And whenever Lamar sends something back, the Ravens are like, what are you even sending us? Some of these little details in this contract, like proposal or or some of these listed demands are are wild. And so 
just some some general negotiate but the sense i got was look if he doesn't have an agent this is not it, it, because he doesn't have an agent that's why he doesn't have a new deal did you and, get the and, sense that the rest of the league would be jumping in head first to try to get him yes now that would uh, obviously not every team but the sense was oh yeah teams that need a quarterback there'd be a lot of them that would go okay we'll go get him we'll deal with whatever con- it's the same thing as the deshaun and did Watson you tell thing. those people that they would uh, be making a stupid mistake since you call Lamar running back. Yeah, I, I was like, why would you reset? The, I, I told them, I said, why would you reset the market <laughs> on running back. for running back? You're, tri- you're like tripling what Ezekiel Elliott got. Uh, and, and you know, Zeke's a better passer. And, and so I don't even know what you're paying for. But general sense was there's genuine confusion, I think, for people in terms of I don't I didn't find anybody who felt confident he was going back to Baltimore. They thought there were a lot of people who thought, yeah, I think eventually it gets done, but there wasn't anybody who said they'd, you know, be willing to say this is definitely happening, that he's going back to Baltimore. So a slow schism developing between schism. those two. Huh. Final note here, and you guys get to spike the football, you two. Because I know you asked me on Friday, does Jalen Carter get dinged any? Does he fall down draft boards or anything else for what happened? And you guys said no. You didn't think it would. And I couldn't find anybody this week who thought he was going to slide. Yes. Now, high five. They, high five. what I did hear was this completely surprised NFL teams, which they don't like mm. getting surprised in terms of they didn't get any forewarning that this was coming. Oh, they wanted like the agent to call and tell them. It's it's normal. The, the, that two people died in a car accident. The, the Cowboys, the Cowboys are what lots of teams operate this way. It's true with the Cowboys. We will, we will deal with anything that g- comes our way. Like, we can handle anything. You've got to give us time to handle it, though. Like, mm. you've got you've to gotta give us time to be able to get all the facts together so we're not surprised and looking like we have no clue what's going on. NFL teams don't like that. They don't like being blindsided by, man, if you knew this was something that le- could legitimately happen, this is a problem. But as we talked about, Jalen Carter is considered, was considered long before this, kind of immature, needs mm-hmm. to grow up. Kind of, you know, just, he's the he's the young, young, dumb, full of boop, Whoa, you know. Hey, guy. I said geez. boop. I didn't say it. He's he's that guy. Like more or less than Thibodeau coming out. More worse. Yeah, Thibodeau's issue was arrogance. People thought he thought he's smartest guy in the room, kind of thing. That's wow. what people didn't like. I hate smart people. The no, no, not not that. Just the smartest guy in the room. Uh, you know, doesn't yeah. think he can learn anything. But uh, Jalen Carter, I was told by most people that. This is in line, even as bad as this is, this is in line with what they already knew about him. So it just is more evidence of what they already thought. Love it. Emptying the belt. All the NFL gossip from Roberto back from the combine in Indianapolis here on Sean and RJ and feeding the home of the Cowboys 105.3 The Fans. Someone says that Kevin Durant would be even better if he got married. Does everyone agree with that? Mavs Suns recap and Chris Rock finally unleashes on Will Smith. The audio everyone's talking about. We'll play it for you next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dallas Balls down to 11 seconds left. Here's Luka Doncic driving, spinning on a Kogi, getting deep, creating space. Missed the shot. Durant gets the rebound. And now Durant will shoot. Free throws at Devin Booker and Doncic go face to face. It's Wainwright has to step in. The officials haven't called anything yet. Devin Booker, the new D Wade. Ooh, yeah. Well, he's Dirk. He's uh for the Metroplex. He's Lucas D Wade for sure. He's probably the most hated one. Is there anyone else in the running that you can think of? I mean, you could make an argument that. Uh, Luca's the new D Wade taking 17 free throw attempts yesterday, but uh, <laughs> no, I the yeah the in terms of the the him. most yeah he's he's Devin Booker's getting up there with D Wade, Jose Bautista, like guys like he's not I don't think he's up to that level yet, but he's he's building towards it. Anyone else that we can think of in mm. the current NBA that people that is an enemy? Marcus Morris. Yeah, yeah, but nobody thinks of Marcus Morris. Uh, Mavericks fans do though. Like I think Mavericks fans. Yeah, for Mavs fans. Mavs fans don't like him. Who called him a? Uh, was it Montrez Harrell that was see that got killed mm-hmm. by Mavericks fans when he called him a ba white boy or whatever he mm-hmm. did during yeah. the playoffs? Like it's not it's not Pat Beverly uh, just from the Metroplex. It's not Pat Bev. It's not Draymond. Uh, you know, but we have a little thing going here, which is great with Phoenix. I don't want them in the playoffs like a bunch of Tolos were tweeting me yesterday. Set it up. Y'all don't want to see them? Yeah. No. No, 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 no. Stay away. Booker. Uh, it's Booker, Marcus Morris, and then because of their own bitterness about what he did here, it's probably Porzingis. Yeah. I think Devin Booker is the one seed right now. Yes. And hopefully it gets that much worse as him and Luka got into it uh, after Durant hit the game-winning jumper, 10 seconds left. Luka missed the chippy. Devin Booker was asked what happened between the two afterwards. I'm not here to tell, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the cameras picked up what he said to you. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to the ref. He said something the first, I responded. You know, you guys say you don't want everybody to be friendly, friendly. There you go. We got, you know, we got, we got some smoke. Do you think that traces back to the playoffs last year? Yeah, I mean, it's just two competitors going at it. Um, like I just said, you got everybody speaks on you know how friendly the NBA is now, and and don't like that. And you know I have no problem with Luca on or off the court, but you know when we're competing, we're competing. Uh, Luca, on what Devin Booker said, it's competitive, all good. Next time, just don't wait until there's three seconds left to talk mm. smack. So that was between the two. I feel good about the Mavericks. I'm not upset at the end of this game. Uh, I was more worried that they were going to get run by the new-look Suns. Phoenix is dangerous. They're going to be my favorites in the Western Conference right now. I don't know if Denver can match the firepower. Obviously, Phoenix has some depth issues, 
But good grief. When Chris Paul is basically a forgotten man, you got a loaded squad. They are. They are. I, I, you know, I'm trying to think. Maybe maybe Golden State still. I, I still can't get past Golden State. Uh, I still can't get past Golden State. How Tim Bond tempts of you. Is that because he had That's what, he, that's what yeah. he told G-Bag last yeah. week where he said he still would pick them to come out of the West. Nick Van Exit with numbers. Mavs offense before and after Kyrie. Because Bassick is texting me some things that he's hearing maybe about, I'm sure Bassick will say it anyway, so Mike, forgive me, that maybe Kyrie isn't absolutely loving playing with Lucas so far. That's something Mike is suggesting. We'll ask him in crosstalk. Mavs offense before and after. Passes before. 27th in the league. Passes since third. So the ball movement is Mm -hmm. through the roof with the improvement. That's awesome. Pace before. Mavs offense was 29th. Since then, 19th. Pace has picked up. Offensive rating before. Ninth, now third. All the numbers have improved and increased. Now do the defensive ratings there. But uh, Nick Van Exit on Twitter with some of the offensive numbers. And someone is saying, if Kevin Durant finds matrimony, if he is on that Peyton Russell path, then the Suns will be even better. Sorry, that was uh, Bobby who signed it. My bad. It was. Uh, yeah, Rick Buecher, mm. uh, formerly of ESPN. I guess he's now at uh, FS1. He, he's bounced around a little bit, went to uh, Bleach Report for a little bit. Uh, he was on, I guess, television at the end of last week and was talking about Kevin Durant. And this article from Awful Announcing says, most people think Kevin Durant's tumultuous relationship with the fans and media can be fixed by winning another championship. But according to Rick Buecher, he just needs to get married. This is what Rick Buecher said. Kevin Durant needs to get married. Kevin Durant needs a relationship that teaches him what you have to respond to and what you just let go. And that, for me, is what marriage taught me. What's really important. When you get married or you have a significant other and when they know you and they talk to you about issues that may exist, I listen to that. I'm able to differentiate that from all the other noise that you might get because everybody's got something to say, especially in this world. If you have any sort of notoriety, any sort of presence, everybody wants to tell you how to do your business. My favorite part of this is Rick Buecher saying the most important thing about my marriage is that I've learned how to not get into fights by not responding to certain things. That that's what marriage taught him was knowing what to respond to and what not to like respond to. It is a big teacher. Yeah. It is. That's the most though for it to get the, the, the most, the biggest thing you get out of your marriage is how to avoid fights. <laughs> Sounds like an unhappy okay. marriage to they, me. You know, well, they, something they, that could apply to KD. Yeah. Like, you know, one of the, one of the old sayings is like in hiring is like hire the married dude. At least somebody has proven they could put up with you. That's interesting. But is that, I mean, I don't know. Kevin Durant, I, would, would a relationship change anything about him like given what we know about him and and the way he's fatherhood change people um most people i don't think it changes everybody marriage not uh most people i don't think it changes everybody maybe not but i I think at least it changes it gives you a perspective that you didn't currently have sure maybe maybe kd would marry somebody who would just acquiesce to everything he wants just like he does in, in the nba maybe that's the case but I think in a lot of cases, you've got to learn, like, you know, you got to pick you got to pick your fights. Is that an unfair criticism, though? Like, we talked earlier about not mentioning family. Is it, like, unfair for Rick Buecher to even comment on Kevin Durant's relationship status and basically tell him that he has the wrong perspective on how to deal with his profession because he's single? Well, is he a reporter or is he a host? I think Buecher and Broussard... Buecher's a reporter. ...no longer report anything. I don't see any news, at least from Broussard. 
Uh, He's probably so not on the beat anymore. From He's a reporter aspect, maybe a little bit out of line, but we, if we're sitting here and we just throw that out as a fun topic, then you know we're sitting here on the radio. I think it would, what 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 that would getting involved in a serious relationship would do. It would it would take away his Twitter time probably. <laughs> you got other stuff mm-hmm. to do, right? Uh, I'm sitting there talking to my friend who was the biggest partier in college. I am waiting for my son who's on the uh, toilet for his first potty training episode, and he is trying to find his fifth baby formula in the last month. How far we fell. Uh, but that's what it would do. Yeah. You're going to buy baby formula, you're doing the fatherly things, uh, and there you go. Maybe that's he's off social media. He's good progress. I'm proud of him. Three one Had a good day yesterday. Yeah. 317, I'm married and I have a kid and I'm the same a-hole. So okay. it doesn't change everybody, but the sure. thing, I and I I think I'm alone in this because I think you guys have both been heavy critics before. I think Kevin, of you I, yes. no, well, I mean of me, of course, oh. uh, especially at nine twenty on Friday. Uh, I think that <laughs> the the thing to me is that I I think Kevin Durant gets unfairly criticized to a ridiculous extent. Just really? in general, yes, he, he he does get criticized to an extent, but he also does bring a lot on himself. Why, why he do you, does? What do you think is unfair? So. The, the criticism that he receives from every angle about him personally and the way he, just his personality, the way he feels about things, just the constant, like, he's so sensitive. It comes from every angle. I've always thought that if you know a player is overly sensitive to some things and hears a lot of things. I remember somebody mentioned this to me about Taco Charlton. I was very critical of Taco Charlton early on. And I knew Taco Charlton listened and heard those words like he would he would listen to everything anybody said about him and somebody mentioned to me at one point they're like you know do you feel knowing he he has problems controlling that do you feel any responsibility about making sure you're not that you're speaking completely fairly about him so that he doesn't internalize those things knowing that it's there is there and they weren't telling me i had to they were just genuinely asking me do you feel any responsibility for that like like to to not do that and it was like you know what it's no. a decent point. If I know, if I know they can't handle, no, no, no. But if I know they can't, they've that's that's DFW soft media example right there. No, this was not a media member who said this to me. No, no. But your your approach, oh yeah, I'm changing soft. it. Yes, that is a soft. No, no, approach. no. Here's the thing: is that when I make a joke about McCarthy and I take jo- shots that are clearly jokes above just the normal criticism of him, that's what I was doing with like Taco as well, and I was. The, it made me think about the perspective of if I know he has trouble just handling normal constructive criticism, do I need to be flippantly criticizing him and those things, which he'll internalize all the more? I think it's the same thing with Kevin Durant. If you know he already struggles with criticism and other things, to then make it about like, well, why isn't he in a relationship? Or like, ha, huh, he cares about Twitter. Too. Like you're nitpicking things that are only going to make it tougher. Is there Where does the responsibility come in to just not make things more difficult with your flippancy is what I think with Durant. So that's KD and the marriage theory that I'm sure everyone can chime in on. Uh, everyone's chiming in on Chris Rock. Finally, mm. right before he's got some type of new special out, he apparently went hardcore with his retaliation towards Will Smith. I didn't even think we could play this. Too many bleeps, but Peyton was able to do it. This is Chris Rock and the viral video from the weekend. Y'all know what happened to me. Getting smacked by Suge Smith. Everybody oh, knows. Everybody knows yes it happened i got smacked like a year ago last week i got smacked in the 
Oscars by this motherfucker. And people like, did it hurt? It still hurts. But I'm not a victim, baby. You will never see me on Oprah or Gail crying. Never gonna happen. I couldn't believe it. And I love Men in Black. I love Will Smith. My whole life, I love this. I saw him open up for Run DMC. He made some great movies. I have rooted for Will Smith my whole life. I root for this mother. Okay? And now, I, I watch Emancipation just to see him get whooped. That's why. Because <laughs> I was raised. And you know what my parents taught me? Don't fight in front of white people. <laughs> So that's just a bit of it. It's solid. I mean, I still respect the restraint Chris Rock showed at the Oscars when he he got slapped or whatever. And then you remember he went, that was the greatest moment of television. He goes, boy, I could do... Anyway, like, because he knew. It's like, I can make this really aggressive if you want to talk about keep my wife's name out your mouth. I got plenty of jokes that I can tie back to that sentence. And he, he showed the restraint, saved it for the special, sold a bunch of tickets yep. where people yes, wanted he to hear did. it, and now everybody's going to want to watch his special. He, uh, We went to see him uh, a few months ago, and he did a lot of this material there. So we, I had heard a lot of this, um, the spiel on, on Will Smith. Oh, because I thought he was being very conservative with it. Did they make you all, like, put away phones or something? Yeah, so we knew that we, knew that we, thought, we thought maybe there was a special that he was filming that night. But apparently it wasn't that night. This was at um, at uh, in, in Irving at the uh, Toyota Music Factory. Uh, so he made they made us t- put our phones away. But he did a lot of this, so he'll workshop it, and he workshopped it. And I heard a lot of that already. It, but he was, it was good. It was fun. All right, RJ's gonna have to choose: good shoulder or bad shoulder. Is he gonna hate Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM, for saying Mike McCarthy is right by being more conservative, or is he gonna love? Mike Lombardi for saying the combine may be meaningless. Broadus's boy, former NFL GM, Kellen Moore, Hata. Michael Lombardi joins us next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. As soon as Mike McCarthy gave that quote at the combine that blew up, that Kellen Moore wants to be number one in scoring, 
I want to run the damn football and rest my defense. I thought of one guy, Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM, nicknamed Jason Garrett the Clapper, nicknamed Kellen Moore the Joystick, Brian brought us his guy joining us here. Charles Barkley said Utah was boring, and Michael Lombardi went out to a vacation there. You said you were jealous. Well, I mean, I assume Michael went out there for some skiing, snowboarding, uh, which as a snowboarder, I would love to go to Utah, but I haven't been. Hurts fantastic. Michael, you didn't follow Charles Barkley's advice on boring Utah for All-Star break? You know, I love Charles to death, and, you know, the first time I saw Charles was 1984, I went to Auburn to scout college players from the – we used to go to the old uh, uh, blue-gray game, and they told me to go over the gym and watch this guy. and had no idea who the hell he was, and I walked into that gymnasium for practice, and this guy that looked like Humpty Dumpty was jumping through the wall, and I <laughs> fell in love with him immediately. And I, I love him to death and, and have been in his company and love him. And since that day, I still have the 84-85 Auburn media guy with him dunking on the cover. So I have great respect for the great one, but um, I went there to give a speech. I don't ski, snowboard. I don't do anything outside that's cold. I'd rather stay inside and read a book and drink. So (laughs) that's kind of what I did. Michael, why should Cowboy fans not freak out over what Mike McCarthy had to say? Why did you love it? Uh, You know, to me, it was the most ridiculous interpretation by most of the national media. I mean, one guy went on there and, you know, analytically said that this is, you know, he does to know that people don't understand flow of the game, how to manage the game. What Mike said was probably the best thing that's come out of Dallas in a long, long time. He wants to manage the game. Kellen Moore, the reason I call him joystick is because he's in his basement in Des Moines playing as if there's nobody else. <laughs> and there is a pace to the game that must get established. There's a, you know, football's a game of three levels, right? In the first quarter, it's about assessment. Did we have the right game plan? Are we doing what we thought we could do? The second and the third quarter are about adjustments. The fourth quarter stands alone. And so when you're in that situation, you want to know, okay, how do I play less deep? How do I work this so that my defense is off the field? I think the perfect example was, and one of the worst plays in Cowboys uh, tenure this year was first and 10 ball at the 18-yard line, 305 to go in the game against the 49ers. You go on that field. And if you understand that you have to manage the game correctly, you know that you can't punt the ball back to San Francisco. You can't. You cannot do that because their punter is the best punter inside the 20. So not only will you get, you'll get the ball back, but you'll have no timeouts and you'll have to go 90 yards, which is exactly what happened. So when you walk on the field and you're the play caller in that situation, you say, look, I got to get positive yards on first down. I got to get positive yards on second. We're going to convert third down. We got to get this drive going. We throw three passes and punt the ball back. And because there's no understanding of game management, flow of the game. And so naturally we get the ball back with no timeouts and inside the 20, and we can't do anything with it. McCarthy wants to manage the game. That's all he was saying. Now, I don't think he used the right verbiage. I want to run the damn ball. He wants to pace the game, understand how you do that. And I think ultimately he should. And Moore, whose job is to get first downs and score points, did that. And so somewhere there's got to be an in-between. I, look, I, I I agree with that. I mean, like there is a flow of the game. There's no doubt, and I I agree. Some of the verbiage he used was probably not the best. You know, my my thing has always been like this idea that it rests the defense. You know, the the run first Forty ers ran on average four plays less than the Cowboys did this year per game. Nobody's getting extra rest on four plays, right? No, but but it's pace of the game, right? Mm-hmm. So we we have to understand the best way to play defense in the NFL today 
because of the way they've set up the rules, is what? Play less defense. Yeah. Right? I mean, so if you play 32 minutes of defense a week, you're playing a lot more defense. If you play 28, you're playing less. Playing less defense, playing from in front, controlling the pace of the game, being able to understand the middle eight, managing the middle eight correctly, all these things Joystick couldn't do. He just kept calling plays. Hey, I'm going to call more passes. I got more passes. I got more passes to call. And never playing within the flow. And it became really a computer game, and it drove me crazy. Like, And this is where Parcells was so brilliant. If Sean Payton didn't spend the two years with three years in Dallas with Parcells, he wouldn't have been the head coach that he is today because he understood what I'm talking about. This is what the key to the game is. Remember, it's three dimensions. It's offense, defense, and the kicking game. And if you don't have those in alignment, you're not going to win games that matter. Do you think any of this is an indictment on Dak Prescott? You know, they're not saying this in Buffalo. They're not saying this in Kansas City. Is this an indictment on Dak? Hey, we need to take the ball out of your hands a little bit. We need to run it maybe a little bit more. I didn't take that. I took that this is about pace of the game and game management. Look, we know this. You know, every quarterback has to be managed. It's not a sin to say that, right? You know, they all have to be managed. They all have to do what they do best. And you're going to have to run. I mean, you don't want Dak Prescott throwing it more than 35 times. Now, you might have to do that in some games. But no quarterback's good at doing that. I mean, especially when you're getting hit, the protection breaks down. I mean, let's go back to the 49er game. The two-minute warning comes, okay? Here's another perfect example of pace of the game. The two-minute warning, we've got them stopped. Pollard just got hurt, okay? Now, what do we want to accomplish here? We want to score points, but we also don't want to give San Francisco a chance to get the drive to start to, 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 to come back and score points at the end of the half. So what do we do? We throw a pass on first down naturally because that's what we do. We're in the basement. We're in Des Moines. We're calling pass <laughs> plays. We're playing Madden. But if we run the ball there and we milk the clock and take that 40-second clock all the way down, we're reducing the game. We're reducing the game to set up our situation so that we're like a pool player. We're going to make this shot, and we're going to set the cue ball up for another shot. But naturally, we don't do that. We throw the interception. We blame Dak. I blame the play call. That should have been a run, a screen, some control pass so that the clock works for us. Do you understand what I'm saying? The clock needs to work for us. Yes. Do you agree overall that shortening a game just overall gives the lesser team more of a chance? No, I don't. I'm not talking about shortening the game. I'm not talking about playing pen basketball in the seventies and running four corners and, and dribbling around until the 45 second clock got invented. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about pacing the game. I'm talking about understanding that your opponent, football's a unique sport because not only do you have the opponent across the field, the clock is also your opponent, and it can be your friend or your ally. And if you don't incorporate that into your thinking, then you end up being really short. And I'm not talking about playing slow. I'm talking about pacing the game. We're talking here with former NFL GM Michael Lombardi, host of the GM Shuffle podcast. Michael, when you look at... McCarthy taking over this offense and you know we've heard estimates of 30 to 35 percent is going to change um given what you you know about Mike McCarthy your thoughts on Kellen Moore what would be your biggest concern for Cowboys fans in this transition to McCarthy like what's the biggest thing the Cowboys fans might have to worry about about McCarthy running the offense you know I, I don't I mean look McCarthy's won a Super Bowl with Green Bay I don't. I, I missed Kellen Moore's Super Bowl win. I must have missed that. I don't know where was I was out. I must have been in Utah. I mean, like I missed this, right? Like you guys talk like you're talking about replacing Sid Gilman or Clark Shaughnessy. I mean, what he's going to do is pace the game. He's going to run more of what he wants to run. I never understood why he went to Dallas to not call plays 
He won a Super Bowl calling place. You can say he's not a great play caller. Well, he won a Super Bowl doing it. So he's going to manage the game. The head coach has to have a connection to the quarterback. He's got to be able to demonstrate the game through the quarterback. I think it's going to be critical. I don't see it as a downfall. I see them, they have to be physically often. I mean, they're going to resign Pollard. You know that. I've been screaming for three years. Zach, Zach, Zeke Elliott, everybody complained about Lenahan. Zeke Elliott was averaging 10 yards a catch when Lenahan was there. When the joystick got in town, he's down to five. You know, we're not throwing the ball to the back. He was a really good receiver coming out of the backfield. Now, that has changed because he's no longer the same athlete that he once was, and maybe he can get that back. But the reality of it is is they've got to incorporate their weapons within everything they do. Pollard's a weapon. He's not a running back. He's a weapon. Michael, what else do you see as an off-season team need? Cowboy fans, uh, they call Stephen Jones cat boy. They're mad that he's cheap. They don't go out with a big splash. Jerry was talking about Odell the other day. We got Jalen Ramsey trade rumors. We got another crack maybe at Bobby Wagner. Who's who is a big name fit that you would you would like yeah. to see the Cowboys sign, if any? I mean, Bobby Wagner was once a great player, but remember when, as Tony Soprano once said, is the lowest form of conversation. Okay, <laughs> so you're when you are no longer good, you can stop bringing up the name. I mean, Bobby Wagner wouldn't have been released twice if he was still playing at a high level. Look, Ramsey's a really good player, makes seventeen million a year. You know, he would be a really great addition alongside of Diggs, but can they afford him in their cap? And I understand he wants more money, but I think he would be a tremendous player. I don't think that – I think what they've done a good job is Will McClay is a really good personnel guy. They get good players. I mean, this Pollard just didn't show up because he liked the star. I mean, they get good players on that team. They do a good job of procuring talent there, and they have a talented team. Now, they have to play within itself, and they've got to play together, but I think to me, they're, you know, they've got to continue to rebuild that offensive line. I think that's going to be the key. You know, they can't count on Smith staying healthy all the time. What are they going to do at right tackle? Where are they going to be inside? I think that's the key. Look, does anybody know if Odell can still play? We talk like Odell's still the Odell that made the catch against the Cowboys in Giant Stadium. I mean, I haven't seen him play. He's coming off of a second ACL. How good do you think he's going to be? You're a GM who gets to pick between these two for the next three years, same money, uh, Dak or Hurts. Well, look, it's a little different. You know, Hertz runs an offense that very few people can run. He's running a college offense. He's running a six-back offense. And, you know, we have not seen Hertz throw the ball. He did in the Super Bowl. We haven't seen him throw the ball to the level that Dak has thrown it. You know, what we've seen him do is run with it. And in this six-back offense, it's hard to handle. But I don't know how long the six-back offense can go, assuming he can stay healthy. I think that's got to be a real concern. When I talk about the six-back offense, I'm talking about the old-school single wing where the quarterback was as much a part of the run game as anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's what hurts is. Can he stay healthy doing that? I think that's a huge concern if you are. I think, look, I think Dak's a really good player. Is he overpaid? There's no doubt. I mean, there's no doubt they overpaid him. He's not a $45 million. He's But no quarterback in the league, including Hurts, can carry a team. Hurts has really good yards after the catch receivers. A.J. Brown, that's one of the keys they did. So when you marry the scheme, you marry the players to the quarterback, the quarterback looks really good. When you don't, he doesn't. Michael, Anthony Richardson's now the odds-on favor to be like the number one pick in some books after his combine weekend. Uh, We've seen coaches skip it. Belichick skipped it. The Packers weren't even there. Uh, What what do you take from the combine at, at this stage? Well, look, I thought when I first saw Anthony Richardson, I thought he'd be a first-round pick immediately. I didn't understand how he was playing behind the kid who transferred 
to, to Arizona State. O- only Dan Mullen could figure that out. I couldn't. <laughs> but I was TV scouting. I have no idea. This is a big physical kid. Now, they say he compares him to Cam Newton. Time out here. Cam Newton won a national championship at Auburn. Cam Newton won the Heisman. Cam Newton's a, a type A leader who's got unique leadership skills. So let's not put him in the Cam Newton's category, especially considering the year he had at Florida this year. He's an immensely talented young man with all the skills you need. Now, what separates quarterbacks in the NFL is their work ethic, right? I mean, Johnny Menzel was talented. He just didn't work. A lot of these guys, Zach Wilson's talented. Does he work hard enough? I don't know. So I think that's what you have to find out at the combine. That's what it's there for. I think Richardson will be under the microscope for the next two months before the draft because his uniqueness athletically fits into where we're going with the six-back offense in the NFL. There were six or seven teams running, including the Giants, with Daniel Jones. So they paid Daniel Jones $45 million. Cowboy fans ought to stand up and cheer because <laughs> that's going to take away from all the other things they should do with their roster. So I heard you on the GM shuffle uh, bring up some really interesting perspective on maybe what, you know the combine being a little overrated, Belichick staying home, or the Green Bay Packers not going. Can you just repeat that for our audience of you know why you may not have to be there? Well, you don't have to be there because the reality of you're going to see the film on the players on the tape, right? The only advantage you get is interviewing the players one-on-one at that time. And that's sometimes really hard to do because you only get 15 minutes. So, like, for anybody who interviewed Anthony Richardson, just 15 minutes, you're going to have to go back and go to Florida and spend time on campus. So the, the combine is all about the physicals. That's what you really want. You want the physicals, everything else you can do on tape. So why not stay in your office and watch as much tape as you can on the players instead of wasting your time eating St. Elmo's shrimp cocktail? It really <laughs> makes more sense to do that. How fun is the party social scene, though, at St. Elmo's? You know, I mean, I worked with Belichick and Al Davis. There was no party scene at all. Al Davis, <laughs> if, you own golf club, if you own golf clubs, you were getting fired. Okay, let's put that out there. If you smoked a pipe or had golf clubs, you were out. So, uh, I mean, that was it. Seriously, if you smoked a pipe, you were dead. That was that was the persona non grata there. But, I, I mean, look, I had, a, I had dinner every night with him at the Don Shula Steakhouse at 930 and watched him eat shrimp cocktail. And prime rib. I had no time to go out. (laughs) Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM, joining us off vacation on the home of the Cowboys and, of course, host of the GM Shuffle. Thank you so much, man. Big fan. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. Michael Lombardi on the Diamond Factory Hotline. Let's react to that final hour. John Morant suspended and Texas Tech's coach in trouble for citing the Bible and slavery. Final hour, Monday edition after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.